I checked the do for a win Gmail. Zero? No messages. Welcome to episode five of Do for a Win, the Atlantic City and Casino Biz podcast. My name is Craig Stone. With me is Kyle Askin. Howdy. We have lots of statewide legislative news to talk about. It is all not good for Atlantic City, um, but it is all very, very important for the future of the city and the future of the casinos in the city. Just a quick rundown of of what we're going to talk about. Uh, Casino, North Jersey casinos are going to be on the ballot. That's going to happen. The pilot payment in lieu of taxes bill has passed. um, And uh, the state Senate president, Steve Sweeney, is threatening a state takeover of Atlantic City. Uh, So that's a lot. That's a lot to take in, and we'll try to break it down as best we can. But let's start with the what we've talked a lot about in previous podcasts, which is the uh, North Jersey casinos Basically, the Senate and the Assembly have reached a, an agreement. The difference going in was that one side wanted a wanted both of the licenses to be Atlantic City casino operators. The other side wanted just one. Uh, there was a difference in what the taxes would be. Uh, for a little while, it seemed like they might not reach an agreement. Now, the agreement is that AC casino operators are going to have a 60-day window to get in proposals. That is reduced from six months. When the agreement was originally announced, they they indicated six months. That got reduced uh, to 60 days in the interim. It has to be over a $1 billion investment. And then if none of the AC casino operators or if they don't get two AC casino operators with valid proposals in that 60-day window, then the licenses uh, open up to everyone. So my question about this portion of it, the, uh, the AC casino operators, is with the 60-day window, is that just setting us up for more sort of state legislative bullshit down the line where they can look at proposals and say, well, this proposal, yeah, it's a billion dollars. Yeah, it was within the 60-day window, but it's not good enough. And, well, I always wanted... Hard Rock to open a casino at Meadowlands, so now that's going to happen no matter what, even despite these rules. Is that just the cynical side, or is that realistic? I mean, it's it's possible, but it seems like the kind of outline that it's going to be hard for the state to weasel out of if an AC casino operator does put in a valid proposal. I mean, it's it's it doesn't sound like there's too many hurdles to hit. Uh, I believe that's something that did change in the last version is that uh, they basically reduced the uh, the ownership percentage that's required by the AC casino operators in their plans down to like 51%. Right. So they're basically allowed to, you know, say we're going to be 51% owners and then Hard Rock is going to be 49% owners. And that would be totally valid, I, I think, under this plan, which was a change from earlier plans, uh, just to make it. So I guess it's a bit more likely that the AC casino operators do do this and they won't have to put all the money up themselves and can partner with someone else who's really interested in getting into North Jersey. Okay, yeah, that's an interesting point. Um, Because I just saw this, especially the reduction from six months to 60 days and thought, man, uh, that's that's a big change. I don't know anything about development, really, (laughs) except for what I've read in um, War at the Shore, which is about 
the development of what eventually became the Borgata. Um, but is is 60 days realistic at all? Do you have any idea if that's a too tight a deadline to get done? I mean, six months seems really long, <laughs> but is 60 days doable? I'm, I mean, I, I, you know, I don't work in real estate. I don't know. I have taken a real estate development class in college, but uh, when I was getting my MBA, but uh, I'm not positive, but I would imagine that it's probably pretty realistic to think that the casinos, especially since they know this is going to happen, will be able to get their shit together in time and get in a proposal. Um, I mean, it's not like it's like out of the blue and it starts now. I mean, it's important to note, like nothing has actually passed yet. Like nothing's gone through uh, the assembly. I I think that just all the sides and Chris Christie have agreed on what they should do and what is going to pass. They need a 60 percent. They need like a super majority now because it's gone past some deadline. But it sounds like they have definitely enough support with their new plan Chris Christie has come out and supported it. Uh, it sounds like there's plenty of support in both sides of the New Jersey state legislature. So it, it is going to happen, but it hasn't actually happened yet. And when there were a couple of, of changes after they announced the agreement um, and some of the agreement details had already come out and then those details got changed, I was wondering, like, oh, man, are they going to get this three-fifths? Can the southern New Jersey people fight back on this, but I haven't heard anything about that. So it doesn't seem like that's going to happen. It seems like everybody just assumes the votes are there uh, and that this thing's going to be on the ballot in, uh, in November. Yep. And that's, I listened to an interview with Don Guardian fairly recently, and he even said that it's going to happen and it's going to be on the ballot and they're just going to have to start fighting it at, you know, the, the referendum level. Now you mentioned the referendum level. Obviously that means fighting basically, in the court of public opinion and trying to get people to come to the polls and vote against it. Uh, We've mentioned that right now the, the public opinion seems to be, seems to be against it. Uh, But again, just really quickly, you know, there's no, there, there hasn't been a dollar spent on campaigning. So it's a lot's going to depend on who's on what side, you know, if, if Caesars who is very active in lobbying decides that they're going to have a chunk of, of one of these two casinos, then they're going to be strongly for, and if they decide they're not going to have a chunk of either of those casinos, then they're going to be probably spending money to to lobby against it. So, like, there's a lot that's going to go on behind the scenes before we even see an advertisement or or hear anything about sort of what their plan of attack is to try to get voters to come out and vote on on either side of this thing. Well, something else to realize too is it's going to be more than just the Atlantic City casinos that are putting money into fighting against this bill, or at least the Atlantic City casinos that aren't planning on making a bid. Um, There's also, uh, you know, there's the brand new casino that's going to be opening in Philadelphia in a year or two. And the other casinos that already exist, like I'm sure the Sands is going to be fighting against this. Uh, So all, all of the casinos sort of around New Jersey are probably also going to be putting money into fighting against this because it's not good for them either. Like, I mean, the Sands especially, I'd imagine that would be crushing for them if the North Jersey casino opened. Right. And if you want to talk about somebody who is perfectly willing to throw a ton of money uh, at at any cause <laughs> that, he, that he feels he, uh, would benefit him, Sheldon Adelson is going to be pumping money into this thing because they're really 
they're really going to be the most affected. Um, if they open a casino in Jersey City, you're talking about a place that's maybe an hour and 15 minutes, an hour and a half, all on one highway. You just get on 78 and you go, and you're at the Sands. And you know, if you put a casino in Jersey City, all the people from New York, all the people from North Jersey, all of a sudden, you know, have much much less reason to go to what is really the closest casino for them um, that that has table games, that has poker, and all that stuff. So. You've got to think that Sheldon Adelson's going to be pumping money into this thing and, and really fighting it. Um, so there's a lot of money on on one side of it. You've got to figure, right? Yep. Well, maybe he can buy some New Jersey newspaper and <laughs> go at it that way. But um, so something else, just something to clarify from last episode, when we weren't sure exactly what what the rules were going to be for these casinos, and you know, I think you said that you know it, it would be strange to you if there wasn't some rule about how close together they could or couldn't be these two new casinos in North Jersey if this does pass. Yeah. And the 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 rule is that they just have to be in they have to be at least seventy five miles away from Atlantic City, and they have to be in different counties. And I guess that Jersey City and the Meadowlands are in different counties because the, those are the two sites that are just constantly floated. Uh. So I would assume that's true if, you know, because everything I've seen, you're right, has has indicated yes. that those are um, are the two sites, just de facto, kind of everybody's assuming that's what it's going to be. Um, although Secaucus is in Hudson County. So I don't know if, if the Meadowlands and, New, and Jersey City is in Hudson County. So I don't know if the Meadowlands somehow falls just outside of that. Oh, well. This says that the Meadowlands is actually in East Rutherford, which I actually should have known. Um, and East Rutherford is... Is that in Essex County? East Rutherford is in Bergen County. So oh. just, just, just across the line. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's really, really close to Hudson, but it is not in Hudson. So interesting. That is very interesting. So Secaucus is like just across the border. The train you go to to go to the Meadowlands goes to Secaucus, but then you have to get on a bus to go to East Rutherford. So... Yes, different counties. They're very close, but uh, that, it would fit within that rule. <laughs> so that that is the rule that is being floated. The numbers that they've been floating around are potentially two hundred million dollars a year for Atlantic City redevelopment. That's in you know money that would come from the taxes taken from the gaming revenue from these North Jersey casinos. Um, some of that money would also go to horse the horse racing industry. Um, which I am just staunchly against because why are <laughs> why are you propping up the horse racing industry with this money? Um, Maryland does the same thing though. Maryland, Maryland, it's the exact same thing Maryland did. Um, and then some of the money would also go to the communities where the casinos open, which is why we've seen the mayor of Jersey City so actively involved. Obviously, he wants that money to go to their city, uh, my city. <laughs> um, and then the remaining revenue goes to. Uh, programs and tax relief for senior citizens and the disabled. Uh, so, you know, in Maryland, the, the whole thing was this money's going to education. Um, you know, do it for the kids. I'm guessing that the choice of senior citizens and disabled is a voting choice, <laughs> because if you think about the people who vote, that's the demographic. Yep. Um, I haven't heard anything in New Jersey about how underfunded senior citizens and disabled programs are. Maybe they are. Obviously, that's not something that I have to think about too much, but I'm guessing that this is just a a move to get this thing passed. Uh, I mean, I, I assume so. Anytime. I mean, yeah. Old people are who votes, so. So I don't know. Um, you're not on Twitter, so I, I know that you haven't 
been reading, uh, Senator James Whelan's Twitter account, he has been um, spewing some some gold, some really good rants on Twitter. Uh, one of the things he said was, what happens to North Jersey casinos when New York City inevitably gets one? Um, that, I think, is an interesting point because one of the, the senators, one of the state senators who really supported the bill said, you know, there, there is going to be gambling there's going to be a world-class resort in the New York City area in the coming years, and I want to make sure it's in New Jersey. And I just kept thinking, like, what is this it? Like, what is this idea that there's only going to be one? I mean, you don't think that as soon as one opens up in in North Jersey, New York City's going to want a slice of that pie and open one up right across the Hudson River? I just can't imagine that they will say, oh... You know, we we can't open another casino. There's there's already a casino. I mean, the casino industry is not known for its restraint, <laughs> right? So I just can't imagine that they're going to say, oh, yeah, oh, we lost that battle. Let's not try to open our own casino. Right. And I've heard that there's a lot of people who make a lot of money that live in and around the New York metropolitan area. So I'm sure they can support more than one casino. Um, so, so Whalen also said uh, that the projected revenues for North Jersey casinos are wildly optimistic at best. Um that was a tweet. He didn't provide any, you know, it's Twitter, so he didn't really provide any any facts behind that, except, you know, generally, when these kind of things are floated, and they talk, and you talk about the economic impact, um, the studies are widely optimistic, <laughs> right? So, unless you have anything else to add about North Jersey casinos, I think we can move on to more state legislation, which is going to be the theme of the show tonight. Sure. Uh, The pilot bill, the payments in lieu of taxes, uh, that has passed the Assembly and the Senate. It was originally conditionally vetoed by Chris Christie. Um, It was sent back with changes. Those changes have been made, uh, and it just needs his approval. I don't think that approval has happened yet, but it's it's almost definitely going to happen. It's in effect for 15 years. The deal is that the total revenue cannot go for Atlantic City cannot go below $120 million dollars. We talked about it on the last show, and basically it's tying the taxes to the casino revenue, not to the property value. And the problem has been that you know the property value is all t- completely tanked in, with the with the recession. Atlantic City still gave insanely high property values for the tax assessments, and then once all those got challenged, all of a sudden they owed everybody a bunch of money. That's why they're in danger of going bankruptcy right now. So basically, from what I've I've heard, and you can talk more about what what you've read as well. Uh, you know, according to um, Don Guardian, he's very excited that this could pass. I mean, he thinks it'll bring a lot of stability to Atlantic City and to their tax base, uh, because, like we said a, a couple episodes ago, uh, they make all of their taxes basically like many municipalities from property taxes and i saw something from atlantic city where i think basically in 2010 their uh the the property in atlantic city was valued at something like a little bit over 20 billion dollars i believe with a b yeah that's probably right yeah i think it has to be right <laughs> i mean yep. 20 million yep, 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 yep. Would be. <laughs> yes 20 million would not be very much and uh, right now, I believe it's valued at something like $6 billion. So it's, you know, gone down by 70% or something like that. And so, which basically means that their their tax base is 
more or less gone down by 70%, which, as we said in the last episode, is going to be almost impossible for any municipality in the country to be able to survive that uh, without, you know, something serious happening. Uh, Either, you know, a lot of layoffs, which Atlantic City has been doing, uh, help from the state, which Atlantic City has been receiving. They've also received a bunch of federal help uh, anytime they can get some sort of federal grant money, they've been getting it. So, I mean, I think they're excited about this pilot bill passing because it's going to really help stabilize the situation that they have and give them or what will feel like to them some firm footing to move forward and to kind of know what their their revenue is going to be. Um, yeah, and I think so. I just looked back at uh, at Jim Whelan's Twitter account, and I think I just got lost in the uh, in the melee of so much legislation happening within 24 hours. And he's, he maybe tweeted once about the pilot bill and, and was totally on board. So it seems like all I, he had a lot of tweets right after that about like, this legislation is terrible <laughs> and not really <laughs> specifying, but it's pretty clear in looking at it now that it's about um, the North Jersey casino North Jersey bill. So the lower minimum and, and fewer years thing, I think actually kind of makes some sense. Like I, I see the argument for it, uh, mainly in relation to the North Jersey casino bill. So, uh, you know, I think I can see why Don Guardian really wants it. I can see why Whelan wants it and thinks it's good for the city. It sets this baseline minimum. Um, But having that minimum at $120 million, having it in effect for 15 years, really kind of makes me wonder, like, what happens then if North Jersey casinos come in and it really does cannibalize the Atlantic City market significantly and then, you know, the baseline for these taxes is still $120 million, right? Like the, and, it's, and it's in effect for 15 years, and they can't get out from under it. You know, is this actually going to have sort of latent consequences where it ends up, you know, five or ten years down the line, we see casinos closing and saying, well, if not for Pilot, we, we would have been fine, but you've got this bill um, that totally ignored that our revenues are going down. Um, is that something that could happen or am I just totally, you know, have, have my tinfoil hat on and, and being pessimistic about everything? I don't know. I mean, it could happen. Sure. But honestly, let's say this North Jersey casino stuff happens. I think that, and and this is from another, a different interview, I think I heard, but, but, and this is probably partially uh, political posturing, trying to fight against it. But, but Don Guardian says he thinks I like, between three or four casinos in Atlantic City are going to close if we get these two casinos in North Jersey, which I don't necessarily believe. But, um, I mean, it's possible that, you know, this, this pilot bill could maybe put one casino out of business that maybe would have considered staying in business just at a lower, you know, with shrinking revenues, try to shrink their expenses. But, the you know, the pilot bill will basically make it so that taxes aren't really an expense you can shrink. Right. Um, it, it's possible, but I, I don't know. I mean, it, it's from from what I've read, it, it seems like the, the casinos are actually in favor of this, which is a question I asked last week. So, so do you see any other way that this this could be? I mean, this all this stuff happening at the same time just has me thinking: like, how are these things related? Are they intertwined? Are there things that people are missing by doing these things? You know, one on top of the other. Um, and so that was sort of my initial thought was like, eh, I could see this kind of going wrong. Um, but you're right. Like the just vast majority of the major players in Atlantic city, um, seem totally on board and, and happy with it. 
I, I'm not sure. I mean, I think something like this pilot bill probably was going to happen regardless of what was happening with North Jersey, but I don't know. I mean, anytime something happens like has happened in Atlantic City the last six or so years, uh, there probably, you know, any municipality would start to look at alternate revenue streams, I think. So moving on to the third piece of legislation that to me seemed to kind of come out of the left field um, after these two other pieces um, was that pretty quickly after the pilot bill and the North Jersey casino referendum passed, uh, well, the referendum hasn't passed, but it's <laughs> they've made an agreement, State Senate President Steve Sweeney basically started threatening to initiate a state takeover of Atlantic City. Uh, this is reported by Wayne Perry. There will be lots of Wayne Perry links um, in in the show notes. Uh, Wayne Perry is the Atlantic City Associated Press reporter. Um, I don't know if you want to get into this. You may understand it a little better than I do, because um, it seems like you've been following it closer than I have. So here's the real the real crux of the matter. I think that the big thing that the state and not only the state, and this is something that you're going to talk about later, but, you know, all of, like, for example, the, the union head of, of Atlantic City wants is they want to try to force Atlantic City into selling their utility company, which is like water and sewer, I think, and to sell Bader Field. And everything I've heard from Don Guardian, uh, at least specifically about Bader Field, is he thinks it would be really stupid to sell Bader Field now because obviously he's optimistic about Atlantic City's future because, I mean, I think it's his job to be optimistic about Atlantic City's future. And he realizes that there's never been a worse time to be selling real estate in Atlantic City than right now, which is true. So, I mean, he's kind of says that we should try to sit on Bader Field for five or 10 years until things turn around more. And then when we do end up selling it to someone who's interested in it, you know, not selling it to, uh, What's his name who bought Revel? Yeah, yeah, desperately wanted Baderfield. Well, I, I mean, not that desperately. From what I understand, he didn't really offer all that much money for it. But he did make an offer for it to, you know, I don't know, build an airport and helipad or something. Or And also really fought against the... So they put out a put out bids for development, and really he really fought against that process, basically, because he was hoping to buy it on the cheap. <laughs> But uh, so everything I, I've heard from from Don Guardian is that, you know, they do want to sell Bader Field, but they want to try to wait and sell it at the right time. And until they reach that time, uh, they're going to try to, you know, get by with whatever other methods they can get by with, with, you know, like we said last episode, uh, you know, working out their tax issues with Borgata and trying to cut where they can and getting state and federal help wherever they can, instead of selling this distressed asset when it's at its absolute most distressed, and they believe that in a few years it'll be a much more attractive asset to potential buyers. Which makes a lot of sense to me. I mean, I mean, to me, not really knowing the ins and outs and the financials of of Atlantic City and how the state would come in and make changes you know, except for these things that Steve Sweeney pointed out. Um, and, you know, he had some harsh words and kind of said, you know, this should be a wake-up call, you know, start working with the administration or or we're going to find a solution, um, which is paraphrasing basically his, his threat. Um, to me, it seems like selling either of those things right now is not ideal. Um, I mean, you, 
you'd think that the the utilities would be an income generator, but maybe that's totally wrong. I mean, it is. I mean, I, I know it is because it, it came up that, uh, what's his name, Glenn Straub was not paying his you know utility bills to Atlantic City, and that's why they were talking about foreclosing on him until... He made the deal, he bought the power company, and then he paid all all his taxes, all his utility bills that he owed. Right, so selling it for sort of a lump sum, one-time thing, seems seems like an odd decision. Um, although, obviously, they're probably hamstrung in, in how much they can jack up the rates, <laughs> right? So, in a, in a town where income is not particularly high and, and the, you know, you meet the household, medium household, median household income is probably not very good. Um, so... One of the other things about this um, is that another Wayne Perry report that came out um, a little bit later, I think maybe the next day, was that the head of Local 54, which is the casino workers union in Atlantic City, is totally on board with this takeover. Uh, He said that, this is his quote, Atlantic City and its primary industry is still the economic motor of South Jersey. Uh, I'm not sure I entirely agree with that. (laughs) Um, Right. He said, tens of thousands of jobs and families depend on us to make smart and often tough decisions. For that reason, I believe we should view the plan to have the state of New Jersey assume management of Atlantic City's finances as an opportunity, and we should reach for the helping hand rather than bat it away. Uh, what do you think about this, about Bob McDevitt, who's the head of this union? You know, He's been very vocal. We're going to talk more about him in a minute. Um, what do you think about him sort of coming out and saying this and and what's his move here? Is there some ulterior motive, or is he just kind of shooting from the hip? I'm not really sure, to, to tell you the truth. If I had to venture a guess, I'd say that he would be more interested in perhaps the sh- short-term health of Atlantic City. And I think part of the state coming in is that clearly they're going to make sure that there's no bankruptcies declared they're going to you know make the Atlantic City budget whole probably for the entire time that they're running it and which will kind of keep the wheels moving as well as they can move uh, whereas if Atlantic City keeps trying to you know get these concessions out of everyone they can to sort of limp along until things get better uh you know that could somehow trickle down to to his union um all right. Go ahead. So uh, my concern, I guess, is, is I feel like you're right. I think he's interested in the short-term health. Um, you know, I'm not an economist. <laughs> I've taken economics classes a few times and, and probably didn't do as well in them as I should have. But, uh, you know, from sort of a macroeconomic standpoint, these austerity measures that Atlantic City is putting into place, and you'd assume if the state came in, they would be really pushing austerity measures and say, you know, we're going to balance this budget right now. Um, they have long-term impacts that are not necessarily positive, right? Like they, they're, it really restricts what you can invest um, in growth, in long-term growth, and and maybe you know things like selling the the utility. It limits what you make when things do rebound, if things do rebound. Um, because you've been trimming back all of these, you know, other other functions of the city. So I think I think that's a concern, sort of on a long term level. Um, I, but I still just don't really see what's in it for for the union. 
um, unless he thinks the state's gonna, you know, fight some battles against Caesar's closing a profitable casino <laughs> or, you know, Carl Icahn closing Trump Taj. I don't know. I just don't really see it. Uh, yeah, I, I'm not sure. I don't know why the state would necessarily. I mean, I don't even know. So just to give a little bit more more background. So from what I I heard, like I said, there was there was a, a few days ago there was uh, sort of the state of the city address uh, that was given at the new Harris Conference Center, and it had you know Don Guardian, and it had all all of the uh, Atlantic City uh, council members, I guess, were there. And they all sort of got up there and they talked about whatever. And so there were a couple points that came out of that. Uh, Don Guardian came up and he talked about the, the main reason that they did it is that what the state and what the people like Sweeney were were claiming was that uh, basically Don Guardian, who is a Republican, was not getting along at all and was basically nothing was getting done in Atlantic city because, you know, the whole Atlantic city city council was basically all Democrats and, you know, it was basically gridlock and nothing was happening. So like one reason to do it is they all got up there together. They all said that, you know, this is absolute, you know, nonsense that the state's talking about coming in and taking us over. We're getting along fine. Like we all think that the future is positive for Atlantic city and we've gotten past the worst and that things have been sort of on the rebound in the last 12 months. Um, and Don Guardian says that he's been working with the state-appointed emergency manager, and he believes that uh, he would rate Don Guardian very high and how well he's worked together with him. And then I, I believe the city council president got up, and he was talking about how the Atlantic Sea has implemented 90% of the things that the emergency manager has said. And I think the big difference between what the state wants Atlantic City to do and what Atlantic City is actually doing is uh, I think the state wants them to sell Baderfield and to sell the, the utility company, uh, which, you know, like I mentioned before, uh, they're, they're not really interested in doing right now because they think it'll be worth significantly more money in a couple of years. Yeah. And I I don't know. I mean, I feel like I follow Atlantic City pretty closely. I mean, you'd hope, right? We're doing a podcast. Um, I, I I wouldn't agree with the assessment that there's this gridlock in Atlantic City. Um, I mean, I, I would, and it seems like everybody who's down there thinks that it's been better under Guardian, um, and the fact that they that people have sort of backed this Republican um, who you know, has come in very different than previous, you know, city mayors, uh, has really been for the better. So I'm kind of confused, um, but but bringing it back to the previous two things we talked about, the, pre- the North Jersey casinos and the pilot bill, you know, it, to me it seems very intertwined, right? I mean, it's, it's no coincidence that after they passed, you know, came to an agreement on the referendum, agreed on the pilot bill and sent it to Christie's desk um, that it was like within 24 hours you have this threat about taking over Atlantic City, right? So their claim, Steve Sweeney's claim, is that the state legislators just have Atlantic City fatigue. They're tired of seeing the bills. They're tired of dealing with one city's problem when it's a state government, which is understandable. I mean, it seems a little drastic after like, you know, you just passed two measures that are going to help the city and maybe you could let them see how it goes. 
but I can understand being, you know, I've certainly been in that situation at work where, you know, you've got one person who needs a ton of help and then you're just like, I'm tired of helping you. Um, and it's kind of like that on a much bigger scale, right? But my, again, cynical take on this is the state says we've now signed in um, a referendum that if it passes is going to guarantee probably $200 million a year for Atlantic City out of the casino revenue. And we've also signed in the pilot bill that absolutely guarantees $120 million a year in revenue. We do not trust you with this money. Is that? Do you agree that that's what it's saying, that that's what the state is basically saying, <laughs> that we've passed these bills and we just don't want you to be the ones dealing with it? Uh, I mean, maybe a little bit. I, th- I think I told you when we were talking about it a couple days ago on Gchat that I, I think part of it, too, was – uh, sort of a, a sales pitch to uh, all the citizens of New Jersey, because like we said, we're going to have a referendum coming up about the North Jersey casinos. And I think it's a way for the state to be like, hey, look, you really need to pass that because these guys are so incompetent that they basically can't even run their city that we had to go in and run it for them. Like, this is how poorly Atlantic cities run. And do you really want like the only place that New Jersey's getting these casino taxes to be from these guys who don't even know what they're doing and can't even run their city? Well, not only that, but we talked about this, um, that the the opinion was uh, when it came to North Jersey casinos, like, well, Atlantic City's failing, so why would we open new casinos? This also kind of gives the state the ability to say, oh, well, we had to take over Atlantic City, so are right. they failing because casinos are failing, or are they failing because of dysfunction within the local government? So it does kind of give them that angle. That may be a real stretch. I don't know. Um, again, I'm going to take the cynical side on this and think that there's probably a little bit of that there. You know, it gives them the opportunity to say, well, you know, hey, you're, like you said, we're going to, they aren't going to, yes, there's a lot of money to Atlantic City, but they're not going to be handling the money. We've got this covered. And, but also, like, hey, maybe it wasn't just that casinos are bad. Maybe it's actually, you know, ignore the fact that the revenue has gone down 50% in the last, you know, six or seven years. <laughs> um, they're, they're sort of making the connection or trying to get you to connect the dots that the local government's ineffective and that's the problem, not that casinos are a problem. It's trying to deflect the sort of failure away from the casinos now that this is going to be on the ballot. And in their defense, I think that it's come up in passing in our past conversations, but Atlantic City probably is at least partially at fault for their own downfall, but I don't think it's, you know, has anything to do with the people who are currently in office, really. I mean, I think it was a, you know, the issue started, I mean, honestly, the issue started 100 years ago or whatever. I mean, Atlantic City's had had a rich history of, corruption and you know people in power not really looking out for the good of the city but just looking out for the good of themselves so uh i mean i don't know if it's totally untrue however uh in this specific problem i think the state of new jersey also probably has a lot of fault i mean if you look at how much money that atlantic cities put into uh the state government uh for the last whatever 40 years that gambling has been legal compared to what they've gotten out. I mean, believe me, the state's made a lot more money from it than, than Atlantic City has been getting from the state. Right. And so, you know, I feel like I probably bring this up every episode, but in in uh, Nelson Johnson's Boardwalk Empire, 
I think it's the last chapter where he kind of said, talks about the future. And one of the things he talks about is there has been just failure from all parties involved. The Atlantic City government has been very corrupt historically. Um, you know, that says nothing about the people in power now, but uh, the state government has made tons of money. The city government has made tons of money on, on casinos and not invested it properly. And sort of everybody's taken advantage of this. And then, of course, the casinos themselves have made tons of money. And we've talked about this a little bit, which is that, you know, when casinos, when they're making money just hand over fist, and when they were the only game in town and there were no Pennsylvania or Maryland casinos um, taking away from the revenue, they couldn't see the future to where there was going to be competition. They couldn't see the need to build up the city as into something more than just a, you know a few casinos on the boardwalk and a couple at the marina, and now they're paying the price. And now everybody's like, man, what we really need is a water park. What we really need is some you know shows or, or art attractions or whatever. And and they're only now realizing it, you know, once once the market has really built up around them and kind of started leaching, really started leaching away a lot of their revenue. And if they had just had even the slightest bit of foresight, um, you know, they could have, when they were all making just millions upon millions of dollars, you know, billions of dollars in, as an industry, uh, more than $5 billion a year at its peak, they could have been putting, you know, a fraction of that into development and, and building other attractions. Um, but, you know, the gambling money is just so so easy and the margins are so high when it's going well <laughs> that right. it's, it's hard to go in a different direction when you don't have to. <laughs> and it went really, really well for 30 years. It just has been going poorly for 10. And But unfortunately, I mean, it's not like gambling's going away for many of the states around them. So the idea that you can just go into Atlantic City and open a casino and you're going to make a ton of money because you're a casino in Atlantic City and if you live on the East Coast, that's where you have to go to gamble. I mean, it's just not only is it not true, it's wildly untrue at this point. And it's only going to become more untrue over the next five years. Right. Um, and I think we've pretty well covered this. We're, um, you know, we're already over 40 minutes in. <laughs> Do you, is there anything you have to add about any of these three, three items or anything you want to add in the aggregate? I think we've covered actually the aggregate kind of as we've gone. So, so just about this last thing about the state takeover, from what I've heard, it, it sounds like, you know, there's a lot of ammunition that that the city has against the state. If they do try to do this, it sounds like, I mean, people are concerned that it could happen, but uh, I'm not sure that the odds are for it at this point. And, you know, the sorts of things that I've heard against it are, I believe the last time the state took something over is they took over Camden in like 2002 or 2004. And... From what I've heard, which admittedly is from sort of Don Guardian and the other people on the city council, that was an unmitigated disaster. And, you know, everyone thinks that was a failure. And the only reason that, that Camden's sort of been turning it around a little bit is that, you know, I think in 2010, the state got out of Camden and they've given it back to the local government, which is apparently a lot, has a lot less issues than the previous local governments have had. Yeah, I don't, you know, Camden definitely, um, you're right, up until a couple years ago. And I mean, it's still, it's hard to shed that reputation, but certainly, you know, it had kind of the, it was mentioned in the same breath as like Gary, Indiana, you know, kind right. of an old factory ta like, town. If, that if you go there, you will die. Yeah, and, it's, and just everything's deserted. Um, right. So, so really, 
yeah, that's that's powerful ammunition for sure. Uh, you know, you should start showing some people pictures of abandoned buildings and and graphs of crime rates and stuff, and they get convinced pretty fast. Um, so I, we'll see. I mean, I'm not. I don't know if it's something I'm necessarily spending that much time worrying about now happening, but it's something that is now officially on the table and we'll kind of see what happens. I don't know if this is something that Steve Sweeney is just bringing up to, you know, like I said, as a threat or as a way to get people to think like, Hey, these guys are really incompetent. They shouldn't be the people running our casinos in the state. I I would guess for now it's just a threat. Um, right. Just, you know, the way he phrased it kind of like, you know, start start doing what we say or start making these tough decisions or we're going to come in and do it for you. It wasn't like, you know, you've proven that you can't do it, so we're coming now. It was kind of a – he did say, you know, <laughs> this should be a wake-up call. That's what he said. So he mm. he's kind of given them a warning sort of. So it seems like it's not necessarily imminent. I believe that we've probably spent enough time at this point talking about the uh, state of – New Jersey and Atlantic City issues. I think it's kind of strange that when we started this podcast, which was what, like two months ago? Yeah, it was episode five. So I, 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 you know, and we were talking about in the first episode where we were thinking, like, hey, this is maybe something we're just going to do every month because there's not really that much to talk about. We're here to talk about casinos in Atlantic City and and sort of have it more as a travel and tourism sort of podcast. And yet, you know, so much basic insanity has happened that affects absolutely everything in Atlantic city over the last two months that, you know, we decided to make this once every two weeks and we have no shortage of things to talk about just in the, in the city government. This is one of those things that's strange because I don't think that's what either of us envisioned when we started this. <laughs> no, and it's interesting because I really, you know, I, we've mentioned I have a journalism degree. I've done a little bit of like, you know, city council kind of reporting um, way back in, in college. But it feels a little bit like we're covering, you know, a city beat like Atlantic City, but also state house stuff. Which, you know, we're not doing the reporting, you know, the press of Atlantic City and the Associated Press are are the ones doing the reporting and we're just kind of coming on and adding our opinions a little bit. But, um, you know, just the sheer volume of stuff that's come out has been really incredible. And I never (laughs) I mean, I do think it's 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 ramped up since we started the podcast. You know, just the timing has been interesting because all these things have started moving in that direction. And I think they they were probably moving slowly. You know, if we'd started it a year ago, it would have been all about just Revel and, and Showboat and Taj and what was happening with them and are they going bankrupt. Um, so, you know, we still would have filled a show every two weeks and it would have been about specific casinos. It's just that now it's these very big state issues. But let's talk about a specific casino issue um, now that we've – that's a good segue. So – Bart Blatstein's purchase of the showboat from Stockton University has gone through. Um, that has finally happened. It's something that, you know, a month ago, it seemed like a done deal. It kind of took a while, I guess, for everything to get made official. It's a $23 million sale. Guess who did the reporting on this? Wayne Perry of the Associated Press. Um, the hardest working man in Atlantic City. So the company is the, who who is the buyer is called Showboat Renaissance. 
which I'm guessing means that Blatstein's just... So, so, sounds like a, an LLC that was made specifically for this purchase, so if I had to venture again. Absolutely. Showboat Renaissance LLC. So that is so You a, never know. It could have just been, you know, their company they had laying around. and So it seems unlikely. <laughs> see, it, it seems unlikely. That would be quite the coincidence. So that is Bart Blatstein's company. Um, there's no word on if it's going to be a casino, an entertainment space. This article that I'll link in the show notes... Um, mentions the possibility of office space uh, for the showboat, which I don't, I can't even fathom. I don't think there's too much development here to talk about because we've sort of known this was going to come. Um, I mean, I'll ask you, do you see office space as a realistic thing just because it was thrown into that <laughs> article? No. Okay. Um, so here's. I mean, you never, you never know. It was going to be a college at some point. That, so. You never know. Yeah, but that, I mean, no, I don't really see that. That I believe more than off than just putting a bunch of offices there. Um, but so you're the, you're the ship is pretty big, ship shaped building. It is. You, I, to me, like I never really even noticed that it was so ship shaped until you see like an really? aerial photo. Yeah, I mean, like it's from the boardwalk, you can see the like that sort of spine or whatever, but you really notice it on the on an aerial shot. Um, mm-hmm. So here's my question for you. You are Bart Blatstein or you're Glenn Straub. Pick one. Um, does the world... Bart Blatstein, probably. Yeah, that's probably <laughs> the way I'd go. Um, does this whirlwind of legislation that we've talked about today, because I, I just can't get off this topic, um, does this make you hesitate at all going forward? Are you worried about, you know, you've got Revel or you've got Showboat. Are you worried about all the stuff that's going that's happening at the state, or have you seen this just miles away? And Yeah. It doesn't change a thing. So, sure, you're worried. I mean, you're not happy with any of this stuff that's happening. Like, you're certainly not happy with North Jersey casinos opening. But the thing is, if you're Glenn Straub, you bought what is probably the nicest casino in Atlantic City outside of the Borgata for $82 million. If you're Bart Blatstein, you bought... I don't even know how many square feet of prime boardwalk real estate for $23 million. $23 million. I think that all of this is kind of baked into the price that these guys are paying. I mean, they're paying nothing for what they're getting. Yeah, and that does bring up an interesting point, which is, you know, yes, this is a big blow. The North Jersey Casino's are a big blow to Atlantic City. But is it a bigger blow than if they than if New York were to legalize casinos and put casinos in New York City, which everybody presumes is going to happen anyway? Right? Like does that is it that different? <laughs> like probably not, it, right? <laughs> it's a really interesting question and honestly, personally, I get a lot of my news like I said is I try to listen to as many Don Guardian interviews as I can. I try to keep up with what the major players in Atlantic City are saying, and I probably do get a one-sided view because of how I choose to receive the news I see about Atlantic City. But I I do think it's strange when they're talking about how we think that either three or four casinos are going to close if there's these North Jersey casinos open. However, everybody admits that within five years, you know, New York City is probably going to be realistically looking at opening a casino in Brooklyn or opening a casino in the Bronx or opening a casino on Long Island. And 
within two years, this new Pennsylvania Live Casino, owned by Penn National, or, yeah, I believe Penn National, is going to be opening in Philadelphia. That's going to be a humongous new casino. It's going to be the nicest casino in in Philadelphia. Uh, Way better than here's Chester. Uh, It's going to be opening up, and that's probably going to really hurt Atlantic City. But that's all right, according to the people in Atlantic City. It's just North Jersey Casino somehow or something special, and that is what is going to destroy us. Yeah, and at some point, it's just that this is the battle you can fight, right? Right. <laughs> because you can fight within your own state. You have no grounds to go fight with Pennsylvania. Right. You can't be like, you can't open Phil- uh, Pennsylvania Live because you're screwing us over. Right. Um. So that's, so. yeah, I think, you know, initially I was thinking, like, man, if I'm Blastine and I've got the showboat and I was thinking about opening a casino, like, now I'm really not thinking about opening a casino. Um, but you're right. I think that it was so cheap to begin with. It was a profitable casino before it closed. Uh, and, yeah, it's totally baked into the price. Like, these guys know that this is coming, I think. You know, I don't think any of these guys were taken aback. And it was talked about that it was going to be on last year's ballot, right? And it just didn't happen. So right. it, I can't imagine this is a shock to them. Um, I, I do have to say, on a personal note, I, I do believe that making a showboat a casino, or, or at least a casino of the scale of the casino that was in showboat before would probably be a mistake. I don't think that's the right thing to do. I think he should do what I believe he is going to do and try to make it more of a nightlife, retail, general resort place to go. And if it happens to have a much smaller casino than what used to be in showboat, like that's absolutely fine, but I don't think he should just open it as a casino personally. Yeah, I think that's probably the way to go and hopefully you know, we'll start to see a signal of the future of Atlantic City beyond just all this talk that a water park is going to happen somewhere, which we've heard about, oh, the Revel is going to be a water park, and the water, the Atlantic Club is going to be a water park, and none of that ever <laughs> seems to happen. So let's jump now to the Atlantic Club water park deal. <laughs> that has fallen through. So the company that was going to buy um, the defunct Atlantic Club um, from, I think, TJM Properties is a Florida company. They had bought it from Caesars and Trop, who had bought it in an auction. Um, so Endeavor Property Group was planning to buy it and make it a water park. They had released an Im- uh, a rendering of what it was going to look like. Um, that's fallen apart. They couldn't get enough um, financial backing for its plan. It's done. So... Again, everybody keeps talking about this water park thing <laughs> at the beach because there's not enough water around, um, and and it, it has fallen through again. So, you know, to me, I, I would think it's more along the lines of like what you're seeing in Vegas starting to shift, where things are focusing more on a younger crowd. They're focusing more on on drinking, um, on these sort of spaces that cater to just kind of coming and hanging out and buying a bottle of booze for an exorbitant price. And, oh, hey, there also happens to be a couple of blackjack tables that are probably like 6'5 blackjack. Um, uh, but, you know, the type of people who are going to hang out at those places don't really care. <laughs> uh, so that, I think, and just knowing what Blatstein's history is with development, I would think that's more the direction he's going. Um, so, you know, don't expect... I do not expect an office part, an office space. <laughs> But I do expect more of sort of this entertainment space, like you mentioned. 
Right. So, I mean, I'm sure that this water park thing keeps coming up because I think that water parks are a pretty big business. I think that all of the Great Wolf Lodges that are around probably do pretty well for themselves, uh, judging by how that's exploded in the last 10 years. Uh, but it is a little strange that it would happen in Atlantic City, but it, it does make some sense. It's indoors. It's Year-round. 12 months out of the year instead of the three months out of the year that people go to the beach. So, I don't know. It makes sense to me. Yeah, but. I think I, I agree it makes sense. Um, and, and it's easy to sort of look across Pennsylvania and see the Poconos where these things are really popular. I think there's a, right. a couple really close to each other. Um, and kind of say, well, you know, nothing's really bringing people to the Poconos as much as gambling's bringing people to Atlantic City. If we could add a water park, that would probably do well. And it probably would do well. It's just getting someone who is really a legitimate developer um, with a lot of financial backing to do it, and that just hasn't happened yet. And, you know, Straub certainly has the money, uh, but he's kind of scattered all over the place in what he's talking about potentially doing. And, you know, doing any sort of water park thing with Revel just doesn't seem to make any sense. Well, and just one more thing to mention, the water park play, if it was, it, it wouldn't be a play towards sort of 20-year-olds who oh, no. want to drink. It's it's a family play. Right. It's like people our age with, or, you know, five or ten years older than us with kids and yeah, which, wanting to get away and have a family vacation. So one thing that I've thought about a lot about Atlantic City since I went to Ocean City near the end of the summer, um, Ocean City, you can see Atlantic City from Ocean City. And everybody always says, like, oh, Atlantic City is just squandering this huge advantage that they have, which is the beach. And they can't get, you know, anybody to come to the beach, which is crazy. Like, they have this thing that's an attraction anywhere else in the country, you know, anywhere else on the East Coast especially, and they're just squandering it. But if you're a parent with kids, like, why would you go to Atlantic City when you can just go to Ocean City, which is totally built for families, and right. if you want to... It's a dry city for... Right, it's a dry city. It's the the boardwalk is completely kid focused. Yep. Um, and then if you want to go to Atlantic City, you can drive twenty minutes and and go there and gamble for a little bit. So you know, I think that that does. You know, New Jersey has I think more beaches than any other state. You know, more beach towns than any other state. So that mitigates really Atlantic City's advantage in like, hey, there's a beach and a boardwalk. Like, I don't think it's that simple. Um, yeah. So we have a couple more things. Um, we mentioned the union. We mentioned um, Local 54, the union. They have just been hit with a very devastating blow, which is that um, an appeals court has confirmed that Trump Entertainment can strip the union of their health and pension benefits. That is upholding a ruling from October 2014. So this is now, what, you know, 15 months <laughs> of, of waiting around. Uh, Carl Icahn, you will not be shocked to hear, was very upset about the delay. Um, this is all part of Trump Entertainment Resort's reorganization plan. Uh, the plan basically sets the stage for Carl Icahn to take over the company. I didn't realize he wasn't already running the company. I think he probably sort of was, in effect. Um, it's important to note that Trump Entertainment Resort's uh, is not run by Donald Trump. He's not involved really in any capacity. He still has some stock just for the use of his name and like, likeness. Um, he actually 
just recently sued Trump Entertainment Resorts, trying to get them to remove the name Trump and lost that suit. Um, but this takeover plan, it seems like it keeps the Taj open. Uh, it puts Carl Icahn um, into sort of the owner's seat, and it totally hinged on this ruling. So now that happens, his investment um, comes in. You know, he'd already pumped some money in and was kind of waiting to do anything else until this happened. The ruling was because the Taj, or not just the Taj, but Trump Entertainment Resorts was declaring bankruptcy. They could get rid of the benefits. There was some concern when the ruling came out last October, two Octobers ago now, I guess, that the ruling would actually have a broader effect or could have a broader effect because there's like a, a most preferred um, company clause or something like that where it's saying like, well, if you give one casino this treatment, every casino should have equal treatment. But that is not true. That does not seem to be true because it's a bankruptcy thing. So it's basically saying like, in order to keep the company open, we have to do this. So obviously this is bad news for the local union. They feel like, well, it's bad news in that they're losing their benefits. If the alternative is that all those jobs go away, it's arguable, <laughs> right, about what the worst outcome is. So, you know, what does this mean for the Taj, do you think? Like, what is the the long-term outlook for the Taj? Is this the saving grace that they needed? Is this just an, delaying the inevitable? I'm not sure. We've talked about it in prior episodes. I'm not entirely positive what's going on with the Taj. It's been in a death spiral for more than 12 months at this point. It was going to close in December of 2014, so a little bit more than a year ago. And it was a last-second thing that kept it open. So I have no idea what's going on with the Taj. I don't know if it's going to... Someone's going to pour money into it, like Carl Icahn poured money into the Tropicana to make it a place that I would actually want to go to. But I'm not sure. I really haven't seen much sort of indicating what this means beyond just keeping it open. Um, you know, I know he put in, I think, $10 million late last year after the initial ruling to keep it open. Um, but Again, like if it's just a matter of keeping it open and treading water, like that doesn't really seem to help anyone that much, you know, except, you know, it's nice that the jobs aren't gone, but sort of on a bigger scale, like now they've lost their benefits now, you know, well, now does Caesars come and make the argument that, well, we're going through bankruptcy, <laughs> right? So um, I don't know. I don't really know which of Caesars, many holding companies, Bally's, Harris, and Caesars in Atlantic City fall under, if that's actually the one that's going through bankruptcy. <laughs> Caesars and Bally's is going through bankruptcy, but not Harris. Right. So, you know, could they make the same argument? I certainly wouldn't put it past them, but I have no idea. I mean, this is something that I literally just thought of 10 seconds ago. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I don't know about that. But yeah, it's, we're going to have to wait and see really what the plans are now that this has happened. And, and really, you know, Carl Icahn and, and Trump Entertainment Resorts have said almost nothing about what the plans are. So here's a more, since we're talking about Carl Icahn, here's a more general question for you. And this has absolutely nothing to do with anything we've talked about so far today. As you know, I'm not totally thrilled with Caesars, with CEP. 
And so I'm wondering where should I or we uh, be gambling in the future if it's not going to be at CET? So I've had... Because as you know, I've done 95% of my gambling in the last five years at Caesar Entertainment Properties. So this is something that I think about a lot. I mean, both of us, we talk about it a lot. Obviously, I'm very pro-Tropicana, because I just like the casino. Right. The problem is, there's no benefit to gambling at Tropicana outside... I mean, they do own other properties, but I don't think there's really any crossover there. Um, uh, they, I, I do believe that they are affiliated with the Tropicana in Las Vegas. Well, it used to be... I think it used to be within the same company. It's not anymore. So Penn National owns the Tropicana in Las Vegas now. Right, but they're still... So I've done some research, and I couldn't find anything sort of nailed down on the internet. But what I'm going to do in a month when we're in Atlantic City is some people have said they have gotten status matched either from Caesars or from Borgata into the Tropicana, I believe, to get a Tropicana gold card. But I couldn't find anything on Tropicana's website that they would actually do that. I don't know if it's something they used to do or if it's something, if you ask very nicely, they might do. But if you do get a Tropicana gold card, you actually get a free stay in the Cosmopolitan oh, wow. in Vegas. Well, that's a perk. Yes. Um, so one that's, one thing that I've really battled with over this, because there was a time when I wasn't getting very many comps from Caesars at all, and and with them going through their bankruptcy and doing a, a bunch of things that I wasn't particularly happy with on a corporate level, there was a time where I was like, okay, I'm not going to go there anymore. Right. And that was totally me bullshitting myself. Because they, as far as their liberal comps for people who do not gamble tons of money, there is no other game in town. Well, so do do we know that, though? I mean, I think me and you have, have been comped at Caesars, but have we put in nearly enough play at any other property to know that Caesars actually does comp better than, say, the Tropicana or Resorts or Golden Nugget or Borgata or any other open casino. I think that's actually all of them. Uh, Taj. Right. So my assumption is that, that we'd have a tougher time at Borgata, right? <laughs> that's I, I, I have gotten... Last time I stayed in Borgata, which was just a couple months ago, it was right before my son was born and he just turned three months old. Um, so it was probably like four months ago I stayed in Borgata. That was on a comp. However, it was a Thursday night. It was a weeknight. So... I, but I have gotten comps at Borgata, just not on the weekend. I'll give Borgata credit in that their free play and match play deals are are very liberal. Like they're very good about that. So I, right. I don't you, you feel, get twenty five dollar match plays, right? Right, twenty five so or even fifty. So I don't I do not at all good. yeah, I do not at all feel like they are completely dismissing my play. And I would love to you know, start getting free rooms at Borg. I just I've always assumed that the threshold is above what I'm gambling. Uh, and honestly, with where we are in life, if we are going to Atlantic City, it's probably going to be on a weekend. So 
being able to get free rooms during the week isn't that useful of a perk. Right, and what's always kept us in Caesars in this sort of loop of Caesars is we get a comp at Caesars, so we go there, and when we stay there, we gamble there. And also, you know, there's Caesars, so many Caesars properties in Vegas, so when we go to Vegas, we get a comp in Vegas. There's not really any place in Atlantic City um, that has such a clear-cut system like that, I don't think. Um, I've, heur- I've heard that if you want to stay at the California in Vegas, you can play at Borgata. Oh, because of the Boyd. <laughs> yeah, the Boyd owns it. Yeah, so I don't really want to stay at the California. I think there might be one more downtown casino that Boyd also owns. Yeah, they definitely do. I'm not sure which one it is. I've thought about that a lot. I would love to play... I mean, we play a good amount of Borg. You know, it's not like we're not playing at Borg at all. I would love to play more at Trop and sort of see what their comps are like. But as far as locations go, you know, Bally's and Caesars are right in the middle of the boardwalk. You go to the marina, you know, and Harris so, is but, at the but, marina. But, so what does that mean, though, in the middle of the boardwalk? How often do we walk up to resorts or Taj? Never. Right, so it doesn't matter if you're in the middle of the boardwalk. It, it, we do go on the pier every once in a while, so it is nice in that aspect. But Right, but... Uh, honestly, the quarter's just as nice, I think. That's true. As the pier, so... It's just because we happen to be in Caesars and Valleys a lot that I think that we go to the pier a lot. Whereas if we were in Trop, we would go to the quarter instead. So we used to frequently, you know, walk up to Showboat and Revel or walk... But they're gone. Right, right or now. walk down to Trop. Mm-hmm. And so being on the center of the boardwalk really made a lot of sense. And by the time that those things closed, so that at least the drop and I mean at least the showboat and revel closed we were already so into the ecosystem that like why am I going to go someplace that I don't get a free room when I can get a free room right right so it's hard it's hard you know the switching cost is high it is um you know and by high I mean it's probably like $59 on a weeknight <laughs> it's pretty high uh it's high compared to zero no but well so here's the thing we're going in a month We'll get a free room, which right now is only in Harris, but whatever. We'll get a free room with Caesars. We can literally gamble none there if we want. That's true. Don't listen to the Caesars, by the way. Please keep giving us a free room for this trip that we're doing in a month. And we can try to start getting our play somewhere else. I mean, for me, it makes sense. My, my diamond's up in March, which is one of the big reasons that I'm still with Caesars. I'm totally on board. With going to... And, and honestly, at this point in our lives, you know, the big reason that I wanted to game at Caesar so much in the past is that we can use our comps in Las Vegas. But how often, honestly, are we going to be going to Vegas? And not only that... We both have kids under one. Yeah, and not only that with Vegas, but at this point... Vegas is dirt cheap also. Right, like Vegas is so cheap that, you know, do I really want to... St- stay at one of the Caesars properties? Like, the nicest Caesars property is what? Caesars? Probably. I don't even like or, Caesars or in Planet Las Vegas. Hollywood, maybe. Right, like, Planet Hollywood I actually do like. Um, but I think, you know, certainly their highest-end property is Caesars. I don't even like Caesars Palace. Their highest-end hotel rooms are the Nobu, I believe, in Caesars. Right, so I'm not... Which is probably actually very nice. Yeah, but I don't want to stay at some place that I... You know, I don't like the casino. <laughs> so, like, I'm not... I don't want to stay at Caesars. I don't really want to stay... At, you know, Paris, I've heard, is kind of, like, outdated rooms. 
You love Harris. I I don't have any interest in staying there. We mm. stayed at Flamingo and it sucked. Flamingo is awful. So, you know, I'd rather pay, and I say this, except I'm always the one arguing for the comp. I feel like I'm at a point in my life where I can be like, you know, let's pay, what, $100 each for a three-night stay <laughs> total? Right. And stay I mean, like, that's, what, that's what we did. I mean, we stayed at the Cosmo a couple trips ago, and it was great. Right, and it worked out, and it wasn't that expensive. Yeah, it was amazing. And they and Bem threw up all over your floor. Yeah, that was, that, awesome. was not, that was way less than amazing. And he's like, <laughs> he woke up and he was like, I thought I made it to the sink. He's like, the purple trail toward the sink would indicate that you did not. And our room smelled like grape ape throw up the rest of the, the week. But My room was awesome. Yeah, oh, I mean, the room was great. The balcony was great. Um, yeah, so I, I'm totally on board. The funniest thing is, like, Vegas, like, oh, I really wanted to stay a couple nights downtown in my hypothetical future Vegas trip. And people are like, oh, you know, you got to stay at Golden Nugget because it's the closest thing to the strip, like, experience. On the other end of the spectrum, you've got, like, the plaza is the worst, right? Definitely don't stay at the plaza. And then the D is supposed to be really nice. And I look it up, and, like, the D is, like, $29 a night. Like, right. why are we even debating about the difference in cost at this point? Like, just go to the nicest hotel, right? Like, what? <laughs> the cost difference is nothing. Like, I'm going to lose that in two hands of blackjack. Right. Um, I say that, but I mean, I'm per- still choosing this. Personally, I, I would still prefer to stay on the strip. I don't think I'm quite to the point of my life where I want to stay downtown yet, but I'd want to I'd want to do like one night downtown, like the, yeah, the I could first night and then and then move to the strip for the rest of the trip. Just to see it and kind of experience it cuz I've only done downtown for a couple of hours, which is where yeah. Craig got not me Craig but other Craig it, got drank too much at the Le Bayou and then got sick and threw up on our cosmopolitan carpet. So maybe I don't it, know why I want to go back. In his defense, uh, uh you were also pretty wasted. I sobered up pretty quick when I had to you, go clean up his pews. You and Craig were the two that decided to have two of those drinks downtown. That's true. We were also the ones trying to convince everybody to take a, a, a limo back to the strip, and nobody else wanted yes. to do it. None of you no. not as drunk people wanted to do it. It sounded pretty expensive. Um, Instead, so we took two taxis back. Which I think cost more than the limo would have cost. I doubt it. Um I'm going to stick with that as my story. We had Andy with us. He would have Yeah, that's true. Calculated he would have, out. yeah. We would not have chosen the not optimal solution there. Okay, so I vote, yeah, let's spend some time at uh at one of the other casinos. Are you on board with sure. Trop? I thought you didn't weren't a big Trop fan. I don't know. Yeah, we can do Trop. That's fine. I mean, I, I'm curious to see if they do match my status and I become Trop Gold, which gives me a lot of benefits elsewhere. I'll be much more interested, I think. But I don't even, like I said, I've seen some rumors and forums online. There's nothing on any official pages that say they match statuses at all. Uh, so. so they've done re- renovations. We haven't been since the renovations. I'd be interested to see that. Um, I hear you can get some good room and Starbucks breakfast deals. Yes, whatever it is. From from my inbox, that's where I hear that. And by good, I mean Sunday through Thursday night. that good. Yeah. yeah. For like $100. Yeah, or like 69 bucks and 10 bucks Starbucks <laughs> breakfast. Um. You know, I used to get okay comps at TROP, not weekends, but Sunday through Thursday, and now I just get nothing because I haven't gambled there in two years because it's so far from everything. We used to get some pretty money comps at the ACH. That's true. Saturday nights at the ACH. Like, it was nothing. And there are humongous rooms. Humongous rooms that hadn't been updated since 1978. But they were big. They were big. Um, they were, it was they a, were bad. That was a Steve Wynn-designed casino. 
Um, it's everybody who I've walked in there with, they've all unanimously agreed at the Atlantic Club. They're like, you can tell that this used to be a really nice casino. Oh, yeah. That's absolutely the first thing I said when I walked in. It's like, wow, this place, you can see sort of just in the design that it was really nice. And then, like, you know, just time passed by. So, first of all, we're just going to end up gambling at the Borgata if we stay at Harris. <laughs> because it's the, closest, well, it's the closest thing there. Uh, hopefully, hopefully, Caesars decides they don't hate me and we can at least get a Bally's room, which I think would be better. Yeah, I think that'll probably happen. Speaking of Bally's rooms, is I was supposed to stay in a Bally's room last week, and we talked about it many times on the podcast, but we had to cancel because if you heard my dog's cameo on the last podcast, he was not feeling so hot, and so we didn't want to leave him at a place where he was going to run around like a crazy dog for 48 hours and then get extra sick, which is exactly what would have happened. So we did not go. So in all this bad news, I also did not get my Atlantic City trip. So I have no new cool stuff to talk about. It's not like we would have had time to talk about it anyway, so that's not too bad. But uh, the countdown is on for us. We're now, what, uh, about five weeks away from being in Atlantic City? So in more bad news, I've just logged into Caesars, and I actually have no comps for the night of the 19th. However, it is a Saturday night, and I think that if I check on, like, a Wednesday morning, it'll probably be back. Oh, yeah, when I check. Also, if I add your TR code, that'll probably help as well. Yeah, I check every day, and today everything just went way up, so I'm just assuming that's an anomaly. And It's, it's a Saturday tax. Yeah, so, nah, I'm not too worried about it. <laughs> I'll be worried if four weeks from now we still, still don't have a room. Yep. Okay. If there's nothing else, do you have uh, any last minute thoughts? Are you what, you didn't answer? Where do you want to gamble? Where do you want to build up your comps? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Do we really want to support Carl Icahn though? That's the only the trap. Yeah. He's done a lot of. Go- I mean, the trap is really much nicer than it used to be. I remember when I went to Atlantic City the the first time in 2005, 2006. The trap still had. Coin pay slot machine. Oh man, that's awesome. Which was actually awesome, but it showed how far behind it was. And now, when you see it now, it's actually a very nice property because Carl Icahn has put a lot of money into it. Yeah, and so they also have this thing. I don't know if you've heard about it. It's called Boogie Nights, <laughs> which is the greatest club. And I we almost got out of here without me mentioning it. It didn't happen. So, almost. Um, which I would have been at last week, and I didn't make it. Sad. Yeah, I mean, I'm fine. Like, I again, I really love Borg. I'd love to try to build up comps. I just, I'm skeptical that I, I'll ever be in an income tax bracket where I'm going to get real meaningful stuff from them, but maybe that's just idiocy. We should do some research and come back and, and report on our findings. Yeah, we'll, talk, we'll, talk, we'll talk about it next next uh, next time. So we have we have two more episodes before we go, right? Yes. yes. So. so it'll be between episodes seven and eight. So we'll talk about our plans. We'll talk about what we ended up doing. Uh, and it's definitely just going to be me and you, I think. Okay. It sounds like all of our friends have... Uh, so it sounds like we're not gambling at all, and we're just spending time in the Diamond Lounges. Yes, which we will do, because... Well, I have $57 in comps, and I think I need to get up to 60 uh, to... Uh, maybe I'll just go to the Horseshoe sometime soon. I have 70 but I can't... I'm sure I that my wife would be like, yeah, that's fine. Just leave me and the baby here and just go to the Horseshoe for a couple of hours. I mean, I don't think it's going to take you too long in Atlantic City to get those three bucks. Yeah. <laughs> I'd really like, though, if we could just walk in, 
use the Diamond Lounge and walk out and not do any gambling there. That would be great. Just a final F you to Caesars? Yeah. That would be pretty cool. And then just like walk straight from there to whatever our other casino of choice is and start building up our mm-hmm. comps. That would be awesome. Yep. That sounds good to me. We probably won't do that, but it sounds good. All right. You want to you wanna wrap this up? I think it's been... Uh... Hella long. Hella long. Yeah, I might have to do some editing. I say <laughs> I'm not going to. No. But I should. I certainly wouldn't. Um, so thank you for listening. Uh, you can find our website, doforawin.com. Uh, that is where we post our podcast. It has all the links to all the Wayne Perry articles that we talk about. Um, there are some other, there are some non-Wayne Perry things in there, I think. It's actually great. It's like we have a third cast member that we don't. It has no idea. That, does all, that actually does all of our work for us. And has no idea that this podcast exists. Yep. Which, you know, if you found out, who knows, we might be in trouble. I don't know. Uh, I doubt. Yeah, I highly doubt it. We're we're sending him links. We are on iTunes. If you search Atlantic City in iTunes, we are now the first podcast that comes up. Um, we are on Twitter at do for a win, and then you can email us at do for a win at gmail dot com. I am now checking that email uh, fairly regularly, so if you email us, I will respond. <laughs> so send us an email, an email if you have any thoughts, uh, anything you want us to talk about, disagree with anything we said. Uh, So that's it for this week's episode of Do For A Win. Uh, Thank you for listening, and we'll see you in two weeks. Yeah, it was a pretty long episode. Yeah, I seriously was thinking, like, we're going to do this in under an hour. Because I think (laughs) that that hour mark, like, people see that and they're like, ooh, that's kind of long.